Greetings. Welcome to Dang That's Weird, where we take a look at life's weirdest moments. I'm your host, Spencer Worth Davis, and this week we're talking with Nick. Nick, what's going on? Not much. How you doing? I'm good. Good, man. Thanks for joining. Basically, the way this works is I have one question, and that is mm-hmm. what is the weirdest thing that you've ever experienced? I have actually quite a few. So I work as an EMT and I'm in the 911 system. So, you know, I deal with a lot of different stuff. And uh, when the pandemic was at its worst, where I'm at, our emergency department was the second busiest in uh, the nation at the time. So every call I was responding to was, you know, COVID related. And I was um, responding to a bunch of cardiac arrests. And, um, the weirdest one I'd have to say is, um, I, we got a post move to another station probably about like three in the morning. And that day, I think my partner and I probably ran about four different cardiac arrests, couldn't get anyone back. And we've been having a bunch of weird stuff happening at station. You know, we've been seeing like shadow people down the hallway, uh, footsteps, voices, stuff like that. So it's been pretty uh, common occurrence uh, at the time. And so we show up at our um, station that we we're supposed to go to, and I see another ambulance there, and it looked like someone was sitting in it. And we pull up, and my partner was asleep in the passenger seat, and I tap him on the shoulder, like, hey, like, why are we here if there's someone else covering this area? Yeah. He's all like, what do you mean? I was like, there's a guy chilling in that ambulance over there, and this is, you know, about three in the morning, and he's like, no one's in there. And I'm staring at the driver's seat and I see someone sitting there, but I can only see from about the bridge of their nose down. They were smiling, skin was gray, and then everything above was uh, black. Like I could kind of make out the eyes, but they were just black. It was really, really weird. Like it was shadowed or like their skin was actually a different color or? Uh, So from the bridge of the nose up was shadowed, but their skin was actually gray. Um, okay. kind of like a light gray, like, um, when someone passes away and, you know, the body's been there for, for a while, yeah. they lose their color and it was just like that. But wait, your partner didn't see this person? No, he couldn't see it at all. And you're sitting right next to each other in the, in the Sitting ambulance. right next to him. I'm the driver that day. So I'm rubbing my eyes. I'm turning my head, looking back at it, like waiting for it to disappear. And it's just been sitting there for like a good five minutes. And I was getting mad because I'm like, why am I getting woken up at 3 a.m. to come to this station when there's someone already here? And he's like telling me, like, no one's in the driver's seat. No one's here. How far away were you from the other ambulance? Uh, I mean, it seems like you could make out some pretty detailed. Oh, yeah. Maybe 20 feet, if that. It was, it was pretty okay. close. What it was is we were in a parking lot and I backed into the spot. And uh, it was backed into a spot across from me. Oh, okay. So I was able to see everything. The parking lot was pretty well lit and stuff like that. And you were looking like head on it at them. Oh, yeah. I was mad dogging the thing because I was like, <laughs> I was like, why am I here? <laughs> you know, if you're yeah. here, you know, I want to sleep. Right. Because I work 24-hour shifts. Yeah, I'm staring at it, but it's smiling at me. And his teeth were pretty messed up. Like, it wasn't like... Uh, <sighs> like sharp like a shark's, but it had a fucked up grill, right? And I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm like getting so mad and I was getting heated in the, you know, the ambulance. And finally I went to get out to confront like who that person was. Cause I went over the air with dispatch. I'm like confirming, you know, we're, you know, supposed to be at the station. I'm like, yeah, you know, no one's covering you guys are covering. Yeah. And it didn't, when I hopped out and I saw it and I closed the door and then it was gone and it just like 
gave me the chills. It just disappeared. Wait, so the ambulance was still there, but no one was in it? Yeah. Or both disappeared? Just uh, just a person inside of it. The ambulance was still there. <sighs> so- <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. Did you ever figure out what the other ambulance, like who it was? Yeah. So the ambulance that was there was from another crew because uh, what happened was we had two crews that were half crew. So there's only one person in each ambulance and usually there's two. So um, they combined two units. So that was just an extra ambulance there. And that happens all the time when we go to cover areas. But when I pulled up, I saw the ambulance there and I just, you know, looked inside the the cabin and that's when I saw whatever was sitting in there. And it was just smiling at me. So, and you may not have an answer to this, obviously, but like, what do you think, Mm -hmm. what do you think that was? Uh, I'm not sure. Um, I mean, like I said, we've been running so many cardiac arrest calls that, um, we started having weird stuff happening at my station as well. So I wanted to follow up. We kind of joked around. Yeah. We kind of joked around like, Oh, you know, maybe, you know, one of our patients, you know, got attached to us and, uh, something like that. Because I remember we had, um, there's this medic that I used to run a lot of calls with before he retired and, Every time we were working up a cardiac rest, um, he would look up above the patient as if, you know, like they say, you know, people would float above their bodies. And he would always uh, whisper something. I can never hear what it was. He never really wanted to talk about it. But uh, he's been a medic for over like 30 years. And that's something I noticed he always did, but he never really liked to talk about it. Huh. So when you said, yeah, you had... You just very casually told me that you're stationed at Shadow People. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, can we can we talk a little more about the weird stuff that was going on? That that was like that preceded this event with the the person oh, yeah. in the yeah, ambulance. Yeah, no, I have I have dozens of stories, <laughs> so I could keep going. Um, so when the pandemic started happening, and we started getting cardiac arrest calls like here and there, um, we started hearing footsteps at station, and our station um, it's a pretty open floor plan, so it's like a big rectangular box about the size of an apartment. We had this long hallway, and at the end of the hallway was our gym. And the gym, like, no one really went into. It kind of had, like, a weird vibe. Like, if we wanted to work out, we always worked out in Paris there just because of the feeling of it. And um, we started hearing footsteps every time we turned off the lights, like, to go to sleep at night and stuff um, or to watch movies during the day. We hear footsteps down that hallway. And the more... um, calls and deaths that we started encountering the more frequent the footsteps started to become and um we would always keep that door closed and um over time we started noticing the door would open on its own like we leave station come back doors open we're like okay maybe it didn't latch all the way and then it got to the point where uh, my bedroom or my dorm room was right next to it and uh, my partner and i we shared the same room we can hear the door uh unlatching open on its own and we kept thinking, like, okay, maybe we didn't latch it all the way. So we started making sure that it was closed. Yeah. And sure enough, kept opening up on its own. And um, over time, like, I'd walk past that hallway. And at the corner of my eye, you would see, like, someone standing there. Right. And then you kind of, like, do that double take because you see it, like, at the corner of your eye. And then it was yeah. gone. And it wasn't just my partner and I because we have two other station mates. They would see it too. Um, people that would come and cover our station, they would notice it as well. They would leave little notes or ask us like, hey, what's going on? And it wasn't just happening at night. It would happen during the daytime and stuff like that because we just avoided that area. The hallway was kind of dark. We never had the light on over there. But yeah, we would just see it there. 
um, one day I was actually laying in my bed in my room and I had the door cracked and my, we were watching movies and, uh, I started hearing footsteps coming down that hallway. Didn't think anything of it. I'm like, okay, you know, it's becoming such a normal thing that it's like, whatever. But we started having, um, like stuff on our table and our cabinets start moving, rearranged cabinet doors being open, slammed, stuff like that. And I started hearing the papers that we had on our table started getting shuffled around. I was like, okay, that's pretty weird. I thought maybe someone else was at station. So I peeked out the door and I saw, um, it wasn't a shadow person, but like, you know, in uh, predator when he's invisible, you kind of just see like the outline of him. I yeah. saw that, but it looked like, whatever it was, was dragging his hand across the table and just like moving the papers. And I'm a 30 year old grown man. And I freaked out, slammed the door and hid under my blanket. Cause I was yeah, like, no what shit. the hell was that? <laughs> That's <laughs> yeah. terrifying. I had the chills and my partner was, uh, he was chilling on his bed and he was looking at me and he was frozen. Cause he's all like, what the hell was that? Cause he saw it too. And we refused to open the door until like someone else came back to the station. And this was in the middle of the day. So, uh yeah we, it just started becoming such a normal thing there and every time we had another cardiac arrest the activity would just ramp up even more um yeah so this wasn't this started happening like gradually during covid you said yeah so like you'd been working um, at the same station prior and this stuff didn't happen oh before? yeah I've, I've been there for two years prior to all this going on and i'm still at that station probably going to leave soon but <laughs> i'm still <laughs> maybe, maybe there. not a bad idea <laughs> yeah but uh, yeah like we kind of like just ignored the footsteps and and the voices that we were hearing but once it started actually moving stuff around and yeah. uh, just all that weird stuff it just started creeping us out i always wonder in in stories like this or situations like this where you know there's you're hearing voices or there's some sort of paranormal activity but it's your home or it's your workplace or it's somewhere where like you have to spend a lot of time. What do you, what do you do? Do you just try and ignore it as best you can? Do you try and like, cause there's no real answer to it, right? You can't. Yeah. Um, we kind of just joke around about it. We're like, Oh, you know, we'll tell, you know, our friends and coworkers about like this creepy, um, thing that happened, but we just kind of rolled with it. Um, in a way it kind of made work more interesting because as you do this job for so long, you know, you think responding to 911 calls, you know, would never get boring, but it does like, um, you kind of get used to it. So when you have something crazy like this going on, it's just like, all right, now it's just, it kind of made me look forward to going to work because I'm like, what crazy thing is going to happen today? Yeah. Cause for a minute we thought we had squatters inside station. Cause we have like the really high ceilings and an attic and stuff. And I'm like, okay, maybe there's someone, um, broken because one day we found our station door open and this thing uh -huh. has a locking key we don't have a key we go in through a separate entrance so i'm thinking okay maybe you know someone came in and had been hiding in our attic and my partner and i were sitting at the table that it's just us inside station and we we're eating and it was like someone stuck their head between us and went hey and we stopped and we looked at each other yeah and it was a, it was like a woman's voice probably like sounded young probably like in the 20s a little high pitch and I looked at him and we're like, okay, we need to figure this out right now because this is in the middle of the day. And we tore the station apart. We were checking behind the doors, behind, you know, the shower curtains, went upstairs, everything. Couldn't find anything, but we heard it like as if, you know, someone uh, was sitting at the table with us. Naturally, you'd want to try and eliminate any prosaic explanations for what's going on. But something like that, once you're, you're hearing a voice right in front of your face and there's no one there or you're seeing 
a translucent something move stuff around on a table. Like clearly it's not squatters or something like that. Yeah. And as COVID started ramping down in our area, you know, the activity kind of went down too, but we still get like the footsteps every so often. Whenever I have like a, you know, a traumatic call, the activity comes back, but for the most part, it's kind of calmed down, but it's known what the other chefs and other, other coworkers at our station is pretty haunted. Supposedly. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, not supposedly to you guys, if you're seeing it all the time. No. Uh, yeah. I always think that's fascinating when you just have to kind of, accept that like there's something here that we're probably not ever going to really understand and doesn't seem to be like it was never harmful in any way other than just maybe being annoying no not at all like um we were having a nerf gun fight one day at station (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah we're real mature and uh we shut off all the (laughs) lights and my partner and i were playing against our station mates and they were at the back of the station in the hallway or at the entrance of the hallway where, you know, we had all that activity and um, him and I were at the front of the station. So, so it was probably about like a good 50 feet separate between us. Yeah. And as soon as we turned off the light, uh, my two friends said they heard footsteps, like, like loud, thud, something with boots and something brushed up against them. And I heard them screaming in the dark. So I turned on the lights and I was like, what's going on? Or like, did you and your, you and Joe like run past us? It Joe's my partner. And I was yeah. like, no, like we've been over here the entire time. And they're like, something just ran right between, uh, right between us. And I didn't hear any footsteps or anything like that, but it freaked them out because they did not want to be inside station anymore and left. <laughs> yeah. I mean, when you've got that many people over that long a period of time describing that many separate mm-hmm. instances, like it's obviously something. Yeah, and I had one where I keep like a little travel pillow with me when I'm stuck in the ambulance all day, and it has like a little hood to cover my face, which is really nice. And I remember I was walking to the ambulance, and I had it in my hand, and the station was dark, so I figured that my hood got caught on something. So I remember I was like tugging on it, and it wasn't letting go. And eventually, like it uh, freed itself, and I didn't think anything of it. But as soon as I turned to walk towards the door, uh, I felt like a hand on my hip, and it kind of like pushed me. And, uh, I remember I told my partner, I was like, Hey, uh, something just pushed me. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I told him what happened and we didn't sleep inside station for the rest of the night. We slept in the ambulance. I, I'm not sure how to ask this. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> like has anything changed for you? I, I just think about, you know, the the revelation that ghosts or whatever this is are real and experiencing that firsthand. I think it would be really hard for me to go back to, all right, now I've got to go about my work day. Yeah. Or I got my routine, wasn't expecting to get pushed by a ghost, but I did. <laughs> yeah. So now I still got it, but I can't like, you know, not go to work today or I can't whatever. Yeah. And I think working in ems with the chaos it kind of helped me cope with that because i mean it's just like another wrench thrown into the day sure yeah it's high stress or like unpredictable i guess to begin with yeah unpredictable so i I guess my question is like did anything change for you in terms of like how you approached 
life in general or like your job specifically or um, that place specifically? I know you said sometimes you didn't want to yeah, stay there at uh, night or like you you know <laughs> didn't go to certain places or went places in pairs or whatever, but more generally, did your approach change? A little bit. Like it's made me a lot more open because I never really had many paranormal, maybe like one instance before this. And I have been mm-hmm. like that huge influx over the year of just like crazy stuff happening. Yeah, it kind of made me a little bit more of a believer. Um, and whenever I had patients that, you know, they went into cardiac arrest and they've been resuscitated, first thing I like to ask them, like, did you see anything? Did you, know, did you see a lie, yeah. you know, floating over your body? Yeah. And I've had instances where I've had patients where I've done CPR, resuscitated them, and then I ran into them again. And I always ask them, like, you know, what happened? And I think I've only had one patient tell me, like, they saw a light. Um, but for the most part, they said that they remember me, like, walking into the room and the next thing you know they wake up in the hospital they don't have that um out-of-body experience or um that that right near life. death experience or yeah yeah but my best friend his sister had um gotten very ill went into cardiac arrest while she was being treated at the hospital and they were able to resuscitate her and when she woke up um when she was finally able to like gain control of her body and stuff like that again uh she started telling my best friend about how she was tortured by demons it was in hell and all this crazy stuff and they were they were raised uh very devout catholic or christians but they became atheists over time they're not very religious but she was so so shaken up by the experience and she was very um detailed and telling us like what she saw how she was tortured by like these demons and um there was just fire everywhere and all this crazy that, stuff that she started crying and yeah that's wild you don't hear about i don't know if i've ever heard of like a negative near-death experience you almost always hear the like the the lights maybe some sort of presence or like benevolent mm-hmm. entity or you see things from your life i don't know if i've ever yeah. heard of a dragged to hell and tortured by demons near-death experience before that's horrible yeah and she was in a induced coma for i want to say about two weeks and she says it felt like eternity like time just wasn't moving and they were just yeah (laughs) because you know you hear stories like oh you know i feel like this warmth comforting warmth you know yeah going over them or something like that you know something something pleasant but hers was everything opposite of that she's uh not exactly uh atheist anymore but she's not like fully christian she's just more open to the idea that okay there might be something after that after that experience it it completely changed her uh life outlook hard not to think about it differently after that <laughs> yeah i do wonder i mean there's got to be some cultural maybe not bias but like influence that's what i was thinking too but then it's harder to correlate that to something like i got pushed and there was no one there or like <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know we all heard something that we couldn't tie to any person or we saw something move on its own like that's not that's not something that would be influenced culturally. That's that feels like much more objective. Yeah, and when we were hearing those footsteps at station, we suspected that there was at least like two, maybe three, uh, different things there because we suspected there was at least one child and one adult because one set of footsteps was very um, light but very quick, you know, like as if it was a child running around, and wow. um, the other set of footsteps was just more longer, drawn out, like it was taking bigger strides and felt heavier. But yeah, it's just, you know, we started having weird stuff. And it wasn't just things like that. Like, um, if you don't mind, I have another story. 
Absolutely. I, I was just going to ask before we move on, like, did you ever, I, I will, I would love to hear any stories you have. Um, yeah. Did you ever try and document any of it, like video or audio or anything like that? We couldn't get it on our phones. And it was just like, every time it happened, it's like, you kind of froze because um, we would just sit there and like, listen, like we would mute the TV and stuff. And by the time yeah. you clicked on our head, like, let's try to record this. Um, it would either disappear or we were, you know, too scared and sure, just wanted sure. to get away from it all. Well, I, I think that would be my inclination just for my own sake to be like, is this real? Whatever, whatever mm-hmm. real means. Or like, can, can we replicate this? Can I show this to someone? For my for my own sanity, <laughs> can I document this well, somehow? <laughs> I've suggested bringing in like a little like recording device and just letting it run at night at a station. I was like, hell, yeah. let's even bring in a Ouija board. But everybody shot down that idea because they're like, well, we don't want to know more. <laughs> yeah, Ouija board might be a step step too far. But like, yeah, <laughs> yeah, you would think you could you could leave a camera running overnight or something. If especially if it's happening pretty frequently, you might eventually get something. Yeah. No, they, they just wanted, you know, kind of be like hands off, like let it do its own thing. They don't want to, uh, I, I guess like encourage it more. Sure. And sure. then the big thing that we were worried about is like, okay, we don't want to bring it home with us, whatever it is. You know, the last thing I want is to start hearing all that stuff at my place. And likely it has it, you know, knock on wood, but. Cause it was mostly at the station, but then also you had that, at least that one experience out away from the station too. Yeah, so that ambulance that I saw that thing sitting in was an older one. It was one of the oldest models that we have. And my partner, before we started working together, he had a similar experience. With uh, We weren't sure if it was the same ambulance, but he saw something in uh, another ambulance staring at him that nobody else could see. So we are like, okay, maybe it's just that one specific one, but it's happened to both of us before we even met. Which is extra crazy then that he couldn't see whatever you were seeing that time. But he had seen something similar in the past. And his partner at the time couldn't see it either. And it was, you know, still hell? late at night. Yeah, so it, it's just creepy all around. But that ambulance that I know of has uh, been put out of service, too. So I would never never use that one. That's probably good. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> too much bad juju with it. I'll take any other stories you got. It sounds sound like you had one lined up. Yeah, so uh, I remember it was October 1st, and I was really excited for Halloween. So we're like, all right, let's watch like spooky movies at station. And this is at the time when all this stuff was going down anyways. But like, you know, let's watch a zombie movie. So we're watching that train of Busan and we get a call for an injury. No big deal. We, we show up on scene. Turns out this lady was uh, watering her uh, yard or something like that fell. But again, she ended up going into cardiac arrest. So we're in CPR on her. But the weird thing was is that on our monitor, it showed no electrical activity in the heart and, a lot of people think like, oh, we could just shock a person and bring it back to life, which isn't true. We, we need to have that electrical activity. But as we started doing CPR on her, uh, she started moving. Her eyes started opening and closing. Her hands started moving around. Yeah. And uh, we had a device called an OPA that we placed in someone's mouth that keeps the tongue depressed. So that way when we're using um, that bag valve mask to ventilate them, it, the tongue doesn't block mm-hmm. the airway. Well, she kept kind of like spitting that out of her mouth. And she was using her tongue to swirl it around. So it looked like, you know, when you get a spoon stuck down a garbage disposal, it was just circling around. It looked Ooh. like that. Yeah. And we just keep looking at the monitor because we're like, okay, this is really weird. We've never seen anything like this before. And I know there's been instances where people um, are revived during CPR, but as soon as you stop, they kind of 
go back out of it, but they're able to kind of like talk or something like that. This lady, her whole behavior was completely erratic. And um, when I was next to her and I was doing chest compression, she actually reached out and grabbed my leg, which caused me to scream because we were just watching a zombie movie and I'm watching her mouth the entire time, making sure she doesn't come and bite me. <laughs> and now a technically dead lady just grabbed your leg. Yeah. Yeah. And I was just like, I was watching. I was like, this isn't real. Her eyes were, and it wasn't like um, her eyes were, you know, like she was looking around. They're just like blinking. Uh, each one was moving like in her own direction. It was just really, really odd. And so it, um, it seemed like just like completely involuntary. Like there was no. Yeah. Okay. And like, I've seen, you know, bodies that kind of like twitch here and there, but this was way more animated uh, than anything I've seen. And nobody else that I was with, they've never seen anything like it. And eventually we pronounced time of death and we put the sheet over her. Well, the sheet started moving up and down as if someone was breathing. And we're like, oh, crap, let's go check on her. Maybe because there's been times where someone could stop CPR and the heart starts on its own. So we're like, okay, maybe that's just one of those instances. So we rip off the sheet and we see her there and we see her chest rising and falling as if someone's breathing, but we were checking lung sounds and there was no air movement in her lungs. So we threw her back on the monitor, still no electrical activity in the heart, but she kept moving. So we made contact with the hospital like, hey, this is what's going on. We don't know what's happening. We pushed all the drugs that we can. What do you want us to do? And they told us to continue CPR until um, she stops moving. And I want to say we did CPR for like another 30 minutes before she finally stopped because we were about to transport her to the hospital because we're like, we don't know what to do. And eventually it started yeah. slowing down over time. But uh, yeah, never seen anything like 30 that before. Minutes? 30 extra minutes on top of the 20 that we did. That's so long. <laughs> yeah, I was exhausted. My legs were like jello. But, you know, I also, you know, my compressions, like you're supposed to be like right over the body. And when you're doing yeah. chest compressions, you're so close to the head. I was kind of leaning a little away from the head just in case, yeah. you know, <laughs> she, she lunged <laughs> outside and bite my leg. Yeah, yeah, I didn't want to be, you know, you know, the next patient or anything like that. Uh, but I was like, it's just so vivid in my memory because I remember October 1st, Halloween season, spooky season, you know, zombie movies on station. And next thing you know, you get a call for this lady that's moving. And yeah, it was just, it was really, really weird. So you probably don't get any follow-up right on, on something like that like you like did you ever get any more information about her or no. just no that was it all we Damn. know is that the corner picked her up but um nothing else after that and yeah i don't really want to know because <laughs> that's that yeah, just sure. one of those <laughs> creepy creepy uh situations and again this happened in the middle of the day but i've never seen anything like that before no one else has it's um I've spoken to like a couple doctors about it at the hospital. I'm like, Hey, like this is what yeah. happened. And they're like, I, they have no idea what it could be because you know, the body do have, does have those reflexes where they can move after death every so often. Um, but not as much as what we were seeing because she was very, very animated. I'm obviously no doctor or scientist by any means, but <laughs> wouldn't that require some sort of electrical activity in the body? That's what we were thinking, but the muscles can also just like misfire on their own as they start decomposing. Um, but okay. yeah, no, we, we had uh, the four lead on her. We, we had the whole setup on her. Nothing. We, what we do in a field during uh, calls like this, there's really not much more that the hospital can do. And yeah. so we, we just like made sure we upload all of our information from the monitor to the hospital so they can see what's going on at the same time. 
And uh, they they didn't have an answer for it either. We they were just like keep doing CPR until something changes. And after a while, it's just she stopped moving as much. We're like, okay, we feel comfortable calling it now because um, not even no rhythm changes or anything like that. Yeah. Okay. Sorry. One more question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. No. No. Ask away. I got nothing. <laughs> How do your lungs? Or like, how does your chest move without air moving in and out of your lungs? See, that's what we were really confused about because it looked like when we put the white sheet over her, you know, we saw like what looked like air was coming out of her mouth and stuff like that. But as soon as we ripped the yeah. sheet away, her chest stopped moving. You know, her tongue was still moving, uh, arms switching here and there, her eyes stopped moving. But um, yeah, it was like as soon as the sheet came off, like the, the rise and fall just, just stopped. Maybe she was just sticking her tongue out and moving the sheet. Like eh, eh. that's what I was thinking too. But I was like, I don't know what's creepier, you know, her doing that. Yeah, that's or, not any better. No, that's, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah. definitely not any better. But yeah, and you know, we're in this we're in this big house all alone. You know, we're just like, all right, it's kind of like what you see. You know, like when Frankenstein's getting reanimated. You know, in the movie, you know, you start shaking and stuff like that. Yeah. So, so. she was she was home by herself. Mm-hmm. Or, yeah, she lived alone. So who called? Who called it in? She did, and then she went into cardiac arrest? No, her neighbor found her uh, face down in the backyard with the hose running, and apparently it was running all night. Damn. So uh, we have this saying, you know, like with drownings, uh, because your, your core temp drops to such a low temperature that you're not dead until you're warm and dead. So we have to warm up the body, and that's what we tried doing. So we're like, okay, maybe it's mm-hmm. like one of the weird things, because it was only about two inches of water, but, you know, we don't know if she's been drinking or what, but you can drown in such a a small puddle of water anyways. Yeah. So we try to warm her up. We had blankets on her and stuff like that. And we finally got her warmed up, but yeah, it's never got her back. Um, but it took her a long time to stop moving like that. And the weird thing was, is that when we found her, she initially wasn't moving. It wasn't until we started doing compressions that she started moving like that. And she had been there for, you said potentially overnight. Yeah. Cause that was the last time she was seen alive. And that's when um, it looked like she was watering her plants was overnight or was the night prior. You're probably not going out to water in the middle of the night. Yeah. And she had a pretty big yard and for the fact and with the pool. So the fact that the pool was full plus an extra two inches of water over the entire yard, it's, it's been going on for a while. So we think, yeah. you know, either she slipped and fell while um, uh, watering or doing whatever yard work she was doing, or she possibly had a, you know, a uh, heart attack or a stroke or something like that. Maybe we never found out the cause except that she was found face down in her backyard with the water running. There are multiple terrifying layers to that story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's really <laughs> sad, unfortunately, but just, you know, <laughs> experiencing a, a moving body right after watching a zombie movie isn't exactly comforting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh man. Well, thank you for, for yeah. sharing all of that uh, and indulging my dumbass questions about it. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> any, any, other, any other stories before I let you go? Um, not that I can think of off the top of my head, but if I encounter any more, I'll definitely let you know. I mean, with my job, I, I see a lot of weird stuff happening all the time. So You said you're still working at the same spot, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, my division is... Let's get that uh, camera set up, bro. I know. <laughs> I'm trying to convince everyone. I was like, you know, let's just leave it like the tape recorder out. Like, you know, we, we can see what's going on. Like, maybe we might hear voices. You know, who it is. 
Or or if somebody is breaking in, like maybe we need a security camera, you know? Yeah, yeah. But unfortunately, no one wants to, uh, you know, put, push the limits with it, which I can't exactly blame them. But I'm like, you know, at least at least let me bring some sage or something to. Uh, <laughs> yeah, right. Let's <laughs> see if we can make it better. <laughs> yeah, you know, I want to be able to sleep through the night. You know, it's very rare yeah, that we get be- that happen. The last thing I want is you know something staring at us. Oh, and then we had one time where we heard scratching on the walls, but uh, that could be you know a rasp. But I mean, yeah, that, that one could be a bunch mice. of different things. Yeah, and that's what I'm kind of hoping it is. You know, that's what I keep telling myself. But <laughs> <laughs> when you're hoping yeah. for a rodent problem, you're in you're in tough shape. I learned to, uh, when I started hearing this stuff is just to roll over and then close my eyes really tight and then hope it, uh, <laughs> it passes. <Yeah>. So. <laughs> All right, man. Well, thank you so much. Uh, it's been a pleasure. Anything you yeah, want to let people know about before, before we get out of here? Uh, don't call 911 for dumb shit. Uh, go to an urgent care, please. Cool. <laughs> Hospitals yeah. are very, very bad. Uh, but that's about it. Awesome. Thanks, Nick. Yeah. Thank you. All right. That's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks for listening. Dang. That's weird is a production of Duvid media. Make sure to check out all of our amazing shows at duvid.media. If you have a weird story that you'd like to share, you can send an email to Spencer at dangthatsweird.com or leave a voicemail at 612-208-2744. And until next time, keep it weird. Duvid Media.